time to check in with Mike Agarbo and take a look at what's coming up on today's episode of Get Connected, which comes up here on CKNW every Saturday morning right after the 10 o'clock news. Mike, good morning. Good morning. Good to have you along with us. Okay, here's the here's the headline. It just jumped right off the page and bit me on the eyes. Samsung just made an outrageous claim about the future of foldable phones. All right, Mr. Egerbo, details, please. Well, they've just uh, announced their uh, latest edition of their folding phones, the uh, Galaxy uh, Fold and Flip 4. Uh, I don't know if you've seen these before. The Fold is kind of the bigger one. It uh, starts off as kind of a regular-sized phone, but then it flips out to kind of a tablet size. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Flip one is almost like the, uh, the old uh, flip phones of uh, yesteryear, uh, but basically folds out to, again, a full-size uh, phone. So uh, they've apparently got over 62% of the market share in the folding phone uh, market. But what's interesting is uh, their leaders are saying, uh, essentially, uh, by uh, 2025 that... Uh, uh, these folding screen phones will actually uh, outpace uh, their other flagship phones. Wow, which is very interesting. Who are so, the who are the who would be the competitors, if any, in the flip or folding phone marketplace right now, going up against Samsung? Not a lot. I think Huawei over in China has uh, you know a, a model. Uh, Xiaomi uh, also from China has a model again uh, that's not available over here in North America. So in the Western world, there is just literally no competition. Uh, Samsung's been in the game for four years now, uh, and we're not seeing anything from Google uh, or, or Apple or, or anyone in the, you know the, the big players. Interesting stuff. I'm a fan of flip phones. Now, I mean, uh, I, I had one uh, a long time ago, Mike, probably 15 years ago. I just loved the size, and, and it was just so darn convenient to pack around. Uh, and, and so as these regain popularity, is there are there any demographics to note? Are younger consumers uh, more inclined to buy the foldable or flip phones than older consumers? What, what is Samsung finding out? Because you say they've pretty much got the market cornered. Yeah, it's interesting. They haven't broken out the you know the exact demographics for it, but you know they are cool phones. You know they they have the folding screens on them, which is just uh, amazing. And so they've improved the overall reliability of these. Uh, you know the new ones here also uh, have even more durable screens. I think they're forty five percent stronger. Uh, so you know I'm I'm pretty impressed with them so far. Uh, you know the foldable. Um, uh, you know, the Fold uh, model, it's cool, but it's pretty chunky still. I, I'm really partial to the uh, the Flip model, which I think is the biggest seller uh, for them at the moment. And what would those, what would one of those go these days? I, I mean, again, I'm trying to remember because I had, I was long time ago. I just, as I say, I just loved my little Flip phone because I could carry it anywhere. Uh, uh, but I'm trying to remember how much it costs. What, what's a Flip phone cost these days? Well, these ones, uh, again, have, uh, you know, the folding screens on sure. them. So the uh, the flip model itself, uh, I think, is coming in at uh, about $1,250. Okay. And uh, the, the larger one that folds into a tablet uh, comes in uh, over uh, over $2,000. So it's a, you know, pretty hefty price for that. But I think the, the, the flip model, uh, you know, the smaller one is kind of the... Uh, the one in the right sweet spot right now. $1,200, it's a lot of money, but it's kind of in the same range as their other flagship uh, model, the uh, the Galaxy uh, S22, and even some of the higher-end iPhones. I was so, just going to say, it's very competitive for the top-end stuff these days, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, if you get a chance to check it out, it is, uh, you know, it is a beautiful phone. Interesting. Well, I'm, I'm game. I'm, as I say, I like the format a lot. Let's talk a little bit about WISE and this story you sent me, Mike, about the Interact e-transfer requesting money and all this sort of stuff. First of all, tell us about WISE and what they're doing to Interact e-transfers. 
I'm really uh, impressed with this company. So, you know, if you do any type of traveling down to the U.S. or internationally, uh, this is a very cool app and card to get. You know, you essentially sign up uh, online through the app. Uh, it will uh, basically give you a, uh, a digital version for your Apple wallet or your Google wallet, and then they'll send you a physical uh, card as well. It's a prepaid Visa debit card. But the magic is that uh, you can uh, put some Canadian money on it, but it's so easy then to transfer that money into pretty well any other currency that you can think of. And what's great is that uh, the exchange rates are just so much better than uh, a lot of the banks and other exchange houses uh, out there. So they've made it even easier now that you can use uh, Interact e-transfers to, to get money onto the uh, the card. So I've had a chance to use it, and it was just so easy uh, to uh, you know, use it at ATMs uh, and uh, you know, and stores in foreign countries. It is interesting, you know, that you would talk about exchange rates because those of us who do that, you know, you travel anywhere and you pull out your credit card and you pay whether you're in Vegas, New York, or London or wherever. Out comes the credit card and you pay for whatever you're buying in euros or greenbacks or whatever with your Canadian card. And I'm always deeply suspicious that the bank is making a fortune off whatever that exchange rate is in that particular country at that particular moment. So anything that reduces what I suspect is a pretty big bite is A-OK by me. So is Wise just a private company with a good idea then, Mike? It is, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've had a chance to use it and it, it just, it worked. And, uh, you know, I always feel hosed, like you said, when I'm using my credit card or, or what have you, or trying to take money out in a foreign country with yeah. my regular card. So, uh, you know, if you check out their exchange rates, uh, it's it's great. And it's Pretty simple to use the card as well to get it loaded up now. All right, so check it out. It's Wise, Google Wise, and Interact e-transfers. Uh, the folks at Disney uh, are making a lot of money. and In fact, they're doing better than Netflix in uh, subscription races these days. But they're also, and this is odd because it wouldn't occur to us in probably a long time, they're also on the verge of losing uh, cricket rights for India, which of course doesn't mean much here, but that's a big mega billion dollar market. Yeah, they're on a tear right now, you know, and they have three streaming services. We don't get all of them up here, but uh, they have the Disney Plus, uh, ESPN, and also Hulu down in uh, the U.S. Uh-huh. Like you were saying, yeah, they do have cricket rights, uh, you know, for their sports channel over in India, which they say, you know, if they lose that, it will slow down their growth. But that's the, the big word there. It's just slowing it down. They're still adding subscribers. And between the three services, they have outpaced Netflix worldwide now, which is very interesting. You know, as we know, Netflix actually lost subscribers last year, which kind of tanked their stock price. But uh, Disney just keeps growing and growing. They're spending billions of dollars on content. You know, obviously they own Marvel and Star Wars, so they're pumping just huge money into new new shows and movies. And pumping a lot of that money right here into the Vancouver marketplace. Disney Plus uh, shooting uh, all sorts of series and uh, features all over Metro Vancouver. I've run into a few uh, sets recently, Mike, in which, uh, oh, this is a Disney Plus. You haven't heard about it yet. It's coming soon. So uh, give us a hint or two about what's coming up on Get Connected this morning, please. Well, we're going to be talking about the big Amazon buy of iRobot. Uh, those are the folks that make the Roomba, you know, vacuums, robotic vacuums. So what does that mean? Why does Amazon want to own robotic vacuums? Uh, we're going to be uh, diving into that. It's the only business Amazon isn't in. Is that probably the, the main driver reason? <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of diverse these days, aren't they? 
They are into everything. But, you know, the big thing, uh, Sterling, is, you know, these robots are mapping our houses. What's Amazon going to do with all that information? Excellent. And from way to ratchet up the old paranoia level there, Agarbo. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be checking out the, the details after the 10 o'clock news. And as always, Mike, thanks so much for getting up early to do this. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.